You're listening to the Gender Focus podcast from genderfocus.org. We're an international community of researchers and practitioners who are working together to share tools, communicate knowledge, and change women's lives globally. On our online platform, we share insights from research projects that challenge violence against women and girls. We also explore knowledge around mental distress, climate, water, and sanitation. Our website and these podcasts are facilitated by the University of Portsmouth and their International Development Studies Group. I'm Dr. Zara Martin, a Senior Lecturer in International Relations at the University of Portsmouth. In each episode of this podcast, we hear about a different piece of work and we share research breakthroughs from our partnerships around the world. Today, Samira Shrestha tells us about the displacement narration tool that she's using to explore the experiences of communities in Nepal. The region has suffered natural disasters in recent years, including an earthquake and two major floods prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. These events have interrupted the social fabric of women's lives and in many cases, cut them off from vital resources. Samira is the executive director of the NGO Women for Human Rights. She works with women affected by conflict and she's also the founder of Gyanbod Research and Development Services, which provides support to women's rights organisations. In addition to this, she works to collect and analyse qualitative data on women here in Nepal. We mostly did study on the different um, consequences and different levels of violence that is triggered by disaster and the displacement due to disaster. And here we try to find uh, different social economic aspects, mental health issues, and also different level of uh, violence, ways to mitigate it, the um, different uh, social safety and the safety nets available in the community. Now uh, also we are trying to see how the climate change and environmental determinants are influencing the different levels of violence and issues related to mental distress. First, Samira explained what displacement actually means in the context of a natural disaster. The different kinds of disaster that we are talking about right now in context of Nepal and in context of this study is particularly flood in the southern uh, district of uh, Nepal, different places of Morang district. And uh, after 2015, a mega earthquake in Nepal, there are different casualties and devastation caused by the earthquake. One of the sample area where after the hard hit earthquake that we chose for the study was at uh, Sankarapur municipality. It is in Kathmandu district, but it lies in outskirts of Kathmandu. The displacement that we are talking about in this context is uh, mostly temporary displacement. As we see alongside the study area, that when there are displacements going on, mostly they are displaced nearby their uh, homes, where they live there for a month or two, or sometimes a year and a two, especially in case of earthquake, where they had to figure out some construction uh, because their house had been damaged. So they are there, but it's close by, so that they can see how the houses that has been destructed 
what is the condition, what is the situation of livestock. Sometimes uh, it's nearby, so sometimes the livestock are also there. But in case of flooding, it is less than in case of earthquake because uh, when there's flooding, they are there for a week or two. And when the water level uh, settles a bit, then they go back to their uh, house and collect the utensils that have been swept away. Because when we talk about disaster, we are not just talking about uh, one-time event. We are also trying to catch the information, the community transition from a very beginning, right, from relief, response, recovery, and, and much more towards very much normal situation. Central to Samira's research is how displacement from earthquakes and flooding can lead to an increase in violence towards women and girls. It's her goal to understand the mechanisms that drive this so that support and prevention can be added in the right places. The link between displacement and violence is that there is a direct linkage both from the earthquake as well as in the flood-led disaster. So when we see in both of these cases, we can really see that there is a high linkages between the disaster and violence. And the triggering effect uh, because of the safety and security and uh, most of the time during the disaster, there is displacement. And when they displace temporarily, they are in tents, living in tents. Sometimes they don't have a door uh, where they live. And uh, the security and safety concerns of girls and women are quite high. So um, most of the violence cases that we have uh, observed and that we have uh, documented are also like rapes, attempt to rapes while living in uh, tents uh, in the displaced area and sometimes they displace in uh, very unknown areas, unknown in a sense uh, that because they are leaving their place and going somewhere temporarily because they have to make themselves safer. So when they go there the community is new and the security concerns are higher and the safety nets, for example, or the networkings that they used to have in the origin is lost. They build a sense of uh, loneliness and also they really cannot seek support from the neighbors like who they have known uh, for multiple years. So uh, in both of the cases, in my opinion, uh, as per the study that we have, the violence has actually triggered a lot. Gathering qualitative data from a community in motion demands an agile, on-the-ground approach. This was why Samira and the project team developed an approach they called displacement narration to build a trusting community contact and gain insight as the situation evolves. The whole idea that came out from our interviews that we conducted also to make sure that we build a citizen who can who can be in the community and also give us some ongoing information of the community and with that information uh, if possible we try to accommodate or try to see how our research work is anchored so uh, this is more about practical learning and doing it is also necessary for us to understand the informal narratives of the community. There is a huge level of trust among people with these uh, narratives. So it is very open and uh, very informal uh, interaction between these people, which helps us bring lots of good information, which is actually very real and also uh, highly contextual.
Quality information from trusting relationships, contextualised by community knowledge. Samira has been talking to narrators around twice a month for the past three years. A strong relationship is vital to the output of Samira's research and also allows the team to gather information on sensitive or taboo subject areas, such as violence. With the advent of the COVID-19 pandemic, the remit of the group also extended to the mental health and environmental well-being of their narrators. There's also a strong consultation element to this approach, which means communities have come to see their narrators as a conduit to outside support in such times. We are also asking if there are any support received uh, from government or other agencies in that particular month. And also like if they have any additional recommendations or any call to action that they think is required. So we also ask for their thoughts and their ideas. People in the community are also looking forward to these narrators because uh, they have been very close with the community and the community, they start having hope with these narrators if they can bring some relief support to them or if they can bring any additional cash or kinds of support to them. So these were some of the expectations that came through the community when we were working. And also these are some of the information that has been communicated by the narrators to us. Individual narrators were offered training or orientation in handling more sensitive information? Most of the time they were not working as a social mobilizer or as a influencer at, at the time because uh, they were supporting in bridging the information or in bridging the cases from the survivors to the concerned authority. That definitely required a certain level of orientation. As we are also talking about the violence caused due to displacement and the violence, mental distress due to the environmental determinants and also the climate change, this requires lots of effort in communication, uh, actually. So we did provide them with uh, orientation. Uh, as I said, we have I had a frequent communication with them, conversation. It is very important for them when they... Uh, collect any information or any news or any case details regarding the violence that it should be sensitive and there should not be any harm to the people they were interviewing or taking information from and most of the time the ethical consideration that we oriented to narrators to be very sensitive not to disclose information to other people to maintain the privacy of the survivors and also referral to the respective concern authorities like Nepal police and, and ward offices. When uh, we collect cases, uh, now they are very well aware that uh, the cases should be rephrased or we should use pseudonyms and we should not be using the exact address in the case studies. Case studies should have uh, some good information, but uh, it should not be used in such a way that the perpetrators can find the survivors and can do more harms. So these were the basic concerns and the information that we uh, oriented to the narrators. The benefits that these narrators have got is Definitely now they have been recognized as one of the active members in the community. So they have been working before also, but now since they are very closely working with the community, getting information, so people are not hesitant and the community people, they come and share cases with them. The next step is for researchers to disseminate information to local officials 
in government and the ward office to help support communities and address issues. This is a process that the team have refined throughout previous periods of displacement. This also seems to be leading to a long-term improvement in community engagement. Violence is very much pertinent during the disaster time. So this is also an eye-opener, what kind of violence, how to deal with it, and what are the ways to cope with it. So I think these are the insights and the learnings that these narrators have. We are trying to see how community is transitioning. We are also trying to see how different coping mechanisms can be adopted. So in a way, it's not just benefiting the survivors or the community people, but it is also developing the capacity and the analyzing skills of the people in the project team, like myself and the narrators. Now the relationships are strongly established, ongoing information from narrators also provides a focus for future research and investigation. It showed Samira how intertwined different social issues can really be on a local level. Some of the triggering incidences of violence, like different case studies that they have shared, is sometimes really shocking to uh, me because I've heard and read of different kind of cases, but the cases of violence that bring sometimes is like so much entangled. It's not just about violence, it's about property rights, it's about incest, uh, rape, uh, it's about uh, marital rape, like intimate partner violence. So different kind of uh, cases are coming out. When we are talking and getting information, this information are really shocking, like some of the cases are, because how the different level of uh, poverty uh, is actually perpetuating the mental and social violence to the certain group of people in the community. Because we work in different community of uh, Dalits or, um, uh, or, or like different castes and uh, on different ethnicity, ethnic groups. Due to this different context, the situation that the people in that particular community face is also very different. So how have action groups been able to use the information shared via narrators to challenge problems of violence and create interventions so far? The flyer and the information that we were able to produce from our impact work it was also shared with the local people, the lo local representative from the ward level. And the two of the narrators, they also shared that they were clear mentioning of how the violence had been triggered uh, and because of alcoholism and because of other different factors and, and during the, when they were displaced. So when these things were mentioned clearly in the fact sheet, it was also shared with the ward level people and they have been able to plan for uh, GVV awareness programs and also to initiate uh, programs to make people aware that the domestic violence is a crime. If you'd like to know more about Samira's work and the displacement narration approach, visit our website at genderfocus.org. If you'd like to get involved and share your gender-focused research or share your practitioner insights, you can get in touch there. Follow us on Twitter at genderfocus and LinkedIn or join our newsletter for details of upcoming webinars. Thanks for listening.